Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America, it's time for The Finish Line with Mike Melby on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Start your engine! Welcome to The Finish Line here on 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. I am Mike Melby, Rebecca Pearson to my right, to my left, Greg Suka, PR man for Eagle Raceway. And uh, first things first, I have got to say, I, I am a, a longtime sprint car fan. I've told the story about Devil's Bowl Speedway, my first race in 1974 to Lonnie Jensen at Eagle or uh, Midwest Speedway when I first got introduced to it up here. But man, I have not seen a night that had spectacular racing with ungodly, unbelievable, amazing finishes like last night. Not only did you have the Ironman 55 that the last five laps may be the best five laps mm-hmm. of sprint car racing I've ever seen. Second only, or, or just ahead of, the last three laps at Eagle at the High Limit Series earlier this year. And then at Knoxville, Brian Brown by two hundredths of a second over Aaron Reitzel. The only two hundredths of a second in time that Brian Brown led that race. And then a young lady we're going to have on the air in a couple of weeks, Jade Avedisian, last night takes over the point lead for the extreme yep. midgets. Oh, my goodness. You go, girl. And did it with slide job bombs and yep. what? That, like, seriously, guys, mm-hmm. that was an amazing, amazing night of racing. <laughs> I know you were probably a little busy being out of Just slightly, yeah. <laughs> did you have an opportunity uh, to catch any of it? No, and highlights, I did not. I was, what, highlight-wise, did, were you able to pull something up and maybe see some of the highlights from I any of these races? I saw a few of the uh, stuff from Belleville. And uh, a little bit of the uh, Knoxville race. Okay. Well, and that was the other thing, too, is that the Belleville 305 Nationals was last night. And unbelievable because um, two cars got DQ'd. One of them uh, was one of our first guests on on the finish line, Stu Snyder. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there there winds up being um, two DQs for cars being underweight. And that was a little crazy. Because that's something you don't see very often. The only other time in a, in a big race that I remember this happening was an outlaw race last summer where Carson Macedo pulled across the scale, and he was under 1425. And uh, my understanding in that case was that uh, some of the, they'll bolt some weight onto the car every once in a while, and one of them had broken off. and fallen yeah. off. So uh, this week, before we really get rolling, obviously we had those great stories and great races last night. I want to thank uh, some proud new sponsors we have of the finish line. Uh, Stern, formerly Stern Oil, now they just go by Stern. Uh, they distribute everything. Uh, if it's if it's a lubricant for your car to help you go faster and have better fuel economy, whatever it is, uh, Stern is the place to go. And they have some fuels. They have something called atomic fuel, which we'll get them to talk about here sometime in the future. Uh, yeah, doesn't that sound cool? Atomic yes. fuel. And then uh, <laughs> a big thanks, Mobile One coming on board uh, as a sponsor of the finish line, and Eagle Raceway as well. Uh, We've got you here this week. Is there a rumor we may get yes, Roger? Yes, there's a good rumor. I think we might get racing. Roger and racing. Okay, yes, next week. That ought uh, to be fun. Yes. It, yep. <laughs> and then uh, our our sponsor from a couple about what six weeks ago, mm-hmm. Mike Boston in Eagle Motorsports LLC jumped on board. Uh, Mike, the new owner of Eagle Chassis, uh, does a fantastic job. By the way, the car that Kyle Larson uh, bounced off the wall and bounced off of everything last night—that's an Eagle chassis. Just saying. So. <laughs> Um, how was Eagle last night? Wonderful. I tell you, it was a little warm and awful humid when we started, but by the time the features rolled around, 
It cooled down. The it sun was went nice. down. Yep. Temperature cooled down. Humidity went down. The breeze came up. It was wonderful. It was great. Yeah, it was really great nice. racing all night as always. Right. A little bit light last night because of the Nationals. Uh, yeah. Well, it's a 360 yep. Nationals at, yep. at uh, Knoxville. Mm-hmm. Belleville was running the 305 Nationals. Right. So we were a little short on cars last night, but. It was a great racing, though, still. Oh, yeah. Especially that sprint car race. Yep. That was a good one. Yeah, last night at the Belleville 305 Nationals, uh, Jack Dover, local guy, uh, doesn't race a ton at Eagle with 305s. He's mainly a 360 guy, but he ran the 305 Nationals at Belleville. Came home fifth after everything shook out. Uh, Stewie actually ran fourth but got DQ'd. Uh, Jason da- or Joey Danley wound up eighth last night. And then Toby Chapman, um, a guy that will normally run uh, at Eagle off and on anymore. I don't know if he does a full schedule. But Toby, uh, gosh, I've known Toby forever as well. Uh, he came home 21st, uh, uh, blew up a motor, though, early in the race. So a lot of local flavor, uh, making a pretty damn big event uh, down at Belleville. The winner last night in that was uh, Jerry Campbell. And I rem- I think the, the interview I saw, he just screamed. He's like, 15 pounds is 15 pounds. I'll take it. <laughs> he was pretty stoked. So um, before we get rolling along and, and start, uh, Greg, getting into some some discussion about Eagle, and, and I've got a ton of questions that I want to ask you to – you and I can kind of share – some things that I don't think the normal fans understand and that they know. So I'm going to have Austin uh, kind of dig around and try to find the uh, the old Victory Lane segment intro. Back in the walk, am I going to have to carry you? Where to? Victory Lane. Come around here, pan over there. That's where everybody wants to be, and that's where this party's going to finish. Victory Lane. He's waited 15 years to get back to Victory Lane here at Talladega. For the 11th time in his illustrious career, Donnie Schott's back in Victory Lane at the Knoxville. He's making the right-hand turn into Knox Energy Drink Victory Lane. The most anticipated moment in the history of NASCAR racing. Dale Earnhardt rolling into victory lane in the Daytona 500. Rolling into victory lane in all kinds of forms of racing. We're going to go ahead and start with uh, the High Limit Series on Tuesday. Justin Peck in a heated battle with Kyle Larson. uh, Steals the lead from him with about 10 to go at Kokomo Speedway and winds up with a $23,023 paycheck at the end of that one. The World of Outlaw Sprint Cars I mentioned, it was the Ironman 55. It is a slightly larger than quarter mile track called Federated Auto Parts Speedway in Peebley, Missouri uh, on I-55 Raceway and it was a show that I don't believe I've seen. It literally was one of the best sprint car races I've ever witnessed. I watched one at uh, US 36 earlier this year that Sheldon Hoddenshield won and I was blown away by it, but man, last night the Ironman, absolutely insane. Kyle Larson and Logan Schuhart proved a point. We were talking a couple of weeks ago about how small the pool is of guys who think they're that good that can get in a car and do what Larson and Schuhart did last night. You know what? I, I all appreciate anybody that gets behind a wheel. I don't care if it's a sprint car. I don't care if it's a, a tuner. I don't care if it's a motorcycle, a go-kart. Major props to you. But in order to do what they did last night, oh, yeah. there's a very few number of people on this planet that can put on that type of show. But Larson wins his second Ironman, only the fourth person ever to win two of them. Up next for the Outlaws, 
the biggest, baddest event on the planet, Knoxville Nationals. I'll be there Thursday, Friday, and Saturday next week. Couldn't quite get su- or Wednesday to work out, but I'll be there. I'll be tweeting up a storm, letting everybody know what's going on there. Uh, World of Outlaw Late Models. It's the USA Nationals that went on at Cedar Lake Speedway Thursday, Friday, and Saturday this last week. Before they got there, over in Boone, Iowa, Boone Speedway, Bobby Pierce took home the win for the World of Outlaw Late Models. And then Pierce takes Thursday night's prelim. Chris Madden beat him to the line on Friday and got that prelim win. But Bobby Pierce wins his third of four on the week and takes home, uh, I think it was about $60,000, won by .073 hundredths of a second over Hudson O'Neill. Lucas Oil Late Models are off this week. And at Knoxville last night, Brian Brown with... I don't know, about seven inches to go past Aaron Reitzel for the win. Reitzel had led all 29 laps up to that point. Uh, two hundredths of a second was the difference in. That's, that's the saying of by a nose. Yeah, that was definitely by a nose. Exactly. <laughs> uh, down at Beatrice on Friday, they finally, uh, they're three weeks in a row now, where Mother Nature did not win. Uh, in the Modifieds, Jordan Grabowski uh, winds up with the victory there. Sport Mod class, Lance Borgman, he did, did a double win, not only double duty, but double wins last night, Sport Mods, or Friday night, Sport Mods and Stock Cards. Lance Borgman takes home the win at Beatrice. Adam Wasserman wins the Hobby Stocks on Friday at Beatrice, and then the Sports Compact. Uh, Brandon Carmichael took home the win there. And at I-55 as well over the weekend was the Extreme Outlaw Midgets, and Jade Avedizian is on a tear, tear. folks. Mm-hmm. She has won three of four, I believe, in her last six races. She has five top fives. Uh, she has now taken over the point lead from Cannon McIntosh, who did not have a fantastic weekend uh, down in Peevely. But uh, we'll have Jade on the show here in two weeks on August 20th. Looking forward to talk to her. And, Greg, I know they raced at Eagle last night. Do you happen to have some results that you could share with well, us? Well, I've got all the results if you want them. I would love to have them here on the Victory Lane segment, sponsored by Eagle Chassis. Okay. Uh, first up was the uh, IMCA stock cars. And uh, Dylan Richards took home the win. He's been having a bugaboo, as I'd say, for a while, but he got back to victory lane last night. Um, the sport mods, <clears throat> excuse me, Matt Andrews won fifth time this year. He uh, rolled his car two weeks ago, had to tear that one up, build a whole new one, and now they finally got it running to where they want and took on the victory. Uh, the modifieds, it was going to be a battle of the Anderson boys. Dustin Anderson started on the front row. His brother, Chad, started on the third row. And it took about no time at all for the two to just take off. And it was back and forth. Finally, Chad got past him, went on to win. Uh, Then the, uh, excuse me, Uh, the uh, hobby stocks. Really good race. Well, they always are. And uh, Tyler Jackson, who again, it's either been the penthouse or the outfouse for this poor guy, finally got it back together, took home the win. Then the best race of the night, the IMCA Race Saver Sprints. Trevor Grossenbacher started 17th, worked his way up slowly, got to second. Tyler Drukey, who's absolutely fantastic at Eagle Raceway, was out in the lead. There was a caution with two laps to go. Trevor was always running really good in one on 
one and two on the high side and three and four on the bottom. So he took the high side going into one and two, came down under Tyler in three and four, held on for the win. First one for him this year. He's kind of on a hit and miss schedule. That was another close well, finish and exciting, uh, exciting race. Yeah, absolutely. Trevor, a guy that we had on the show, we also had his crew chief, Tyler Perry, who's promoting a big uh, show coming up on Sunday, September 10th, out at Eagle Raceway, the uh, Stewart Alley Memorial. But uh, one thing about Trevor, part of his hit and miss was a nasty accident that he took uh, a, a few weeks ago. And uh, I, I got to give another big shout out to our sponsor of the Victory Lane segment, uh, Mike Boston, because with Trevor's car specifically, that was a car that maybe they just needed to to let it go to the... the <laughs> the, the the graveyard of, of sprint car chassis but mike boston his expertise is just unbelievable ability as a certified welder uh winds up getting that car put back together took a couple of weeks uh and a lot of hours because mike was just moving into his new uh shop uh with eagle motorsports and uh got that thing put back together and again a big huge thank you to uh mike boston and eagle motorsports eagle chassis they're back and better than ever for sponsoring the victory lane segment if you've got some frame damage you need fixed if you need a sprint car chassis i would tell you right now that mike boston's a guy you're going to want to call 402-826-0302 and get a hold of him and you can talk all about sprint car racing and you never know who's going to stop by i know when the high limit series was in town uh he shows up at the shop on wednesday morning and paul silva and kyle larson are hanging out you know just one of those things so um (laughs) That's part of the racing family. It, it really, it really, really is. Um, so, from from the standpoint of last night, I want to talk a little bit about car count. Now, you guys struggled with a little car count last night because there's a bunch of big events going on. Yeah. And there's when when I announced out there, Craig Cormack elected and the Beechams before them, they would not race on Knoxville Nationals weekend. Um, they ran 360s though, a little bit different uh, from the standpoint of. Uh, most of the 360 guys weren't going to be there because they were going to be at Knoxville, not necessarily racing, but watching. Um, with the 305 sets, it's not overly the case. I know you guys will go ahead and run next weekend, mm-hmm. uh, but, but you're going to have a little bit lower car counts. But other than big races and, and stuff like that, you guys always seem to be able to, to get good fields of cars. Why is that? Well, it's a great place to race, number one. True. It's always a great surface. Uh, normally get oh, somewhere between 130, 140 cars a night. Not quite that many last night, but it's just a competition. I mean, if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And some of the best there is race at Eagle Ace Raceway every Saturday. That they do. Conversely, down at Beatrice, they had 77 cars last night in five classes. They, they had basically about 15 cars per class, and a couple of them only had 11 or 12 and it's been that way off and on. They, they've been trying to get the sprint cars back down there. They're going to try to run 305s again next Friday night. Um, that's, that, that's been a struggle this year. They had 20-some-odd cars that first week, then only nine. The next time they were supposed to be down there, it rained out. Um, but, you know, you worked at Eagle a long time. How difficult is it, whether it's a new class or just if you've got a car count that's not as high as you'd like to see it, what are things that you guys have done at Eagle to try to, you know, reach out and get guys to come back out to the track? Well, when Roger first took over the place, uh, the 360s were running then, and uh, the car counts just kept dwindling and dwindling and dwindling. So Roger decided to go out and find a different class to run. And uh, he ran into the race saver class, uh, 
French Grime started back in 1997 on the East Coast. And he liked the idea. He says, I know there's a bunch of cars sitting in people's garages, backyards, fields, or whatever. Then you get these sprint cars back out and race. It's a completely even class. Everybody runs the same kind of motors, same specs. So he tried that, and by golly, getting 20, 30, 40 cars, depends. And then the Race Saver Nationals coming up later in uh, August, we figure probably, what, 90, 95 cars? Well, that's what I was going to ask you, because the Knoxville Nationals, uh, the 360 Nationals were, were this past week, and, you know, fantastic race, as we mentioned. Uh, the, the, I had to wear my Tanner home shirt again. I'm a big <laughs> fan of this young man. Um, he was there last year as a rookie and, you know, struggling, trying to find his footing, et cetera. He's a 19-year-old man out of Jacksonville, Oregon. And he shows up uh, and raced for a month uh, almost in and around Iowa and, and northern Missouri and uh, up at uh, Hussett's, Jackson, wherever he could race here in the last couple of weeks. And he shows up last night uh, and first on his prelim night on Thursday. He went out, mm-hmm. did fantastic, wound yep. up 10th in the feature. He was second quick uh, on, on uh, time trials qualified through the uh, heat into the feature and then uh, was 10th or 12th overall in points ultimately started I want to say 10th in the a feature last night for the 360 nationals title and he worked his way up to fifth and this is a kid that that jumped in a go-kart 10 years ago and his dad when they finally put the sprint cars together he, he bought a book like this wasn't this isn't a family th- you know he bought a book but uh, Tanner Holmes had a heck of a run last night and then uh, about four laps to go you mentioned a couple of guys get snake bit every once in a while some gremlin- gremlins popped up and he had some problems with his steering and it ended his night he ultimately wound up 20th or 21st but uh it was just kind of one of those things I'm I'm working on trying to get Tanner um I, I don't know. I, I would want to get him for the hour, and I want to get him live if we can. Yeah. So that's what I'm working. Him and I had talked earlier this year about possibly coming on, but it would be a recorded recorded interview. And as we've started to do this, it's just a little bit more fun having mm-hmm. people either in studio or on the line He's for the live. whole show. Yep. So uh, big props with that. They had 108 cars for the 360 Nationals. There's 105 pre-registered. They're probably going to wind up with about 108 to 110 and this is something we'll talk to Roger Andor Racine about next week, but give me some thoughts on the, the Race Saber Nationals, how they came about, and how the, the, the crew, the, the family of Eagle Raceway that puts shows on every week, has built the Race Saber Nationals into the event that it is. Well, as I said, French Grimes started the Race Saver Series back in 97 over on the East Coast, and Roger was looking for a new class to run. So you get a few more cars, he said... I know there's sprint cars sitting out there in the weeds somewhere. Maybe we can get the guys to come out. Race Saver Series is built on the fact that everybody has an equal footing. You have the same equipment, the same engines, same specs for everything. And Roger really liked that, so he went down and talked to French and decided to uh, take it over. And, like I said, we were having... 14, 17 cars in the 360s, it was a hit. And right now, there's Race Saver Series all over the country. Yep. It's probably the largest series anywhere for sprint cars. And it's just grown like leaps and bounds. 
And, you know, we talked a few weeks ago about claiming. Maybe uh, when we come back, we can talk get uh, Greg's opinion of what the drivers and the pits think about the claiming. Because yeah. that's a favorite topic. To that keep it, costs down. That it definitely is. This is the finish line <laughs> on 93.7 The Ticket. We'll be back with Greg Sukup from Eagle Raceway right after this. Back to the finish line with Mike Melby on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back to the finish line here on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. If you're watching on the Sarder Heyman live stream, thank you very much. You can see us on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube, as well as Allo Channel 951. If you'd like to be a part of the show, you can call or text the Honda of Lincoln hotline or the Sarder Heyman text line 402-464-5685. I'm Mike Melby. That's Rebecca Pearson. Austin Norman driving the car tonight. And Greg Sokup from Eagle Raceway hanging out with us tonight. And... Rebecca, you led into it with the uh, the, the claims. And, uh, I like I'm to a, be controversial. I'm I, sorry. I, and I like it. So I'm going <laughs> to let you finish the thought on let it because off air, uh, a, a good story started to develop and I'd like to share it with everybody. Well, I think, you know, we've, we keep talking about the size of the field and just how do you keep these tracks going and, you know, why don't people uh, do more racing? And we know it's very expensive. And so many of these folks out at Eagle are have a day job and they're racing at night. And so anything that can be done, like Race Saver Nationals, to make it more affordable, 305s, you know, it's important. And so we got talking about claiming a few weeks ago with one of our other guests. And uh, we, we know the drivers don't like it, but it doesn't seem to ever happen. So what's what's your view, Greg? You've been around a long time. What's your view on that and uh, the current status of affairs? Well, I've seen it, I don't know how many times, but anymore you just don't see it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a gentlemanly thing. We did have somebody claim shocks a few weeks ago, but other than that, the last time I can remember before that, uh, Ramsey Meyer was driving a sport compact. He was the national champion. He was killing everybody everywhere he went. Somebody claimed his entire car. Now, how much how much did they have to pay to claim the car? I mean, five hundred dollars for a think, modified motor. Yeah, but I think it was five hundred for the whole car. Really? No kidding. Yeah. Wow. And uh, team that bought it took it home, took it apart, learned everything they could, put it back together, and sold it back to him. Yeah. No kidding. Well, you know, I mean, quite honestly, it's not a bad thing to do. No. You, I mean, because you, you got a car that's that good. Yeah. You want to know what is what. Well, and that's the thing, too, is that um, when Tyler Perry was in here, we were talking a little bit about um, the fact that sprint cars are relatively easy to work on. And modifieds, late models, hobby stocks, doesn't make any difference. Everything else is not necessarily easy to work on. And there are so many little things that you can do. And there's been a lot of to do uh, late, late model wise nationally with the Lucas Oil Series and the World of Outlaw Series where guys are. Bobby Pierce wins last night, the USA Nationals at Cedar Lake. And like his crew is down there covering up the, the behind the car so that you cannot see what he's doing. And there, there's so much secrecy in it. And that's the thing with the sprint car. It's like the only thing that you could really maybe tell is if you can possibly see where the setting is on a shock. Because you had mentioned as well, Greg, that with the sprint cars, with 305s, the race savers, there's only probably, what, 50, 60, 70 tops horse difference between the motors? If that. Yeah. Yeah. So 
you've got to make your speed elsewhere. You've got to you've got to be able to be Trevor Grossenbacher going from 17th to, to the win last night and Tyler Drucky a couple of weeks ago doing the exact same thing out coming of out of the feature. B. Yep, coming out of the B and winning the thing. It's all shocks. And there's so many adjustments on the shocks too. What do you know about from from that standpoint? What do you know about the the sprint cars, the shocks on cars, and what and the changes that they can make? You could fit my entire knowledge about that in a in a <laughs> thought I'd throw it out about there. a P. Okay, just thought I'd ask. So, um, but it also makes it to the point that's where the shocks got claimed in sprints a couple of weeks ago. Correct. How did they feel about that? Whoever got claimed. Uh, never heard word one. Okay, so. So, I, it's just not done anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it keeps it fair, like you said, and especially in the sprints, there's only so many moving parts. Shocks and setup, number one. Yep. Driver ability, close second. Yeah. But that's all there is to it. Well, it definitely is. One of the things that, that came up in one of the races last night down at the uh, 305 Nationals at the Belleville Highbanks was weight. Um, and, and guys coming in underweight, so they're disqualified. Stewie Snyder winds up being one of them, as well as uh, the original winner, Kyle Jones, who was DQ'd because he was 15 pounds underweight. Now, the, the scale at Eagle, um, I, was, I always loved where it was, and I, I always would kind of quietly suggest that we need to put like let's let the crowd see what the, the car weighs i always thought that would be kind of a cool thing to do oh, you need to uh, put that up to roger next just week. just a little transparency <laughs> but it's just one of those things I'm, I'm the announcer guy and granted i did all the track prep and uh well steven steve janicek and i did track prep and you know cleanup crew whatever i did everything out there but you know making that decision wasn't something that i had any say in or whatever i was always like man because the, the, the crowd would ask there'd be times where they're like well, what do the cars weigh? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not down there. The only thing about that is, does your regular everyday fan care? Do they know enough to know that there is a weight limit or what that is? Well, I can tell you this. As an announcer, it's my job to make sure that they do know in case they want to know. Mm-hmm. Now, do they care? I don't know. <laughs> but at the same time, I feel like I'd be remiss if there's somebody down there and they're like, well, he's on the scale and... You know, nobody said anything. You know, somebody gave a thumbs up, so great. But at the same time, I, I as a race fan, I'd be like, okay, he made weight. What's weight? Like, right. And, and they probably have no idea. How I much just kind of want to know what, how much did he weigh then? Like, yeah. And and when we had Mike Boston on a couple of of weeks back, but probably six weeks ago now, one of the things that he mentioned, being a chassis builder, being a guy that builds a frame, that frame's job is to to you know more than anything protect you. At the end of the day, win, lose, finish second, makes no difference. But if you get in an accident, that frame's job, its only job, is to make sure that you're safe. And he alluded to a fact that there was a, a World of Outlaw Sprint Car team that was based here in Lincoln, Nebraska, that he walked into their shop. This is back in the 90s. And they're literally weighing out ounces to try to get that car to as light of weight as possible. And he kind of joked, Why? I mean, I don't get like if you're that worried about that weight and, you know, that it's going to make that big of a difference, then maybe it should tell you something about your driver. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. It's it's been going on forever. They want to make the lightest possible parts, smallest fuel tanks, least fuel they can put in there to make it to the end. Yep. Titanium this, titanium that. Yep. 
And, you know, I agree. If that was me, I'd want that car to be as sturdy as it could. Put on the extra 50, 60 pounds. I don't care. Yeah. But drivers are so competitive that they think that that four ounces yep. is going to help. And it's interesting to me. I think in the cars I'm more familiar with on road courses uh, where that weight, you know, there these are 3,000 pound cars, not 1,400. You know, th- then it makes a difference, I think, probably more in those cars than those sprint cars. And I think about how light they are and some of the tumbles that we saw last night, right, with Williamson and Johnson, correct? Yep. Uh, I mean, that's like head over head over head over head. You know, these very lightweight cars, it kind of freaks you out. So I, I think it's useful to know as a fan, those lightweight cars, that's what they're going to do. These 3,000 pound cars, you know, on a, on a pavement or a road course, uh, not, not as likely. The other thing, though, you got to admit, if a 3,000 pound car does a little tumble and goes end over end or barrel rolls, um, that's, that's just, that's different. That's <laughs> well, and they're crazy. going faster too, right? You know, there's all kinds of components in there, but every racer wants a lighter car and, and also fuel efficiency. You know, there's a handful of things that uh, you think really helps you, but at the end of the day, the driver skill contributes. That's Greg Sokup. Rebecca Pearson on my right. I'm Mike Melby, Austin Norman behind the board here on the finish line at 93.7 The Ticket. Greg, um, I, I want to learn a little bit more about what you do out at Eagle these days. Well, I first started there 20-plus years ago. Uh, they needed somebody to work in the pit shack selling pit pans. So I did that. And then the uh, PR guy who was there at the time, Jason North, left. And somebody recommended me. So then I was both the pit shack guy and the <laughs> PR guy all of a sudden. So, I mean, there's nothing I love more than dirt track racing anyway. My folks took me to my first dirt track race when I was one month old, May of 1953, at the Lincoln Speedway out at Capitol Beach. Nice. And every year we'd go to the state fair to see the IMCA sprints run, or super mods they were back then. Yep. And then uh, Capitol Beach closed, and Midwest Speedway and Eagle Raceway opened in 1963. Yep. Matter of fact, Trevor... His dad raced at Midwest Speedway back in the day. I was out there every Sunday well, I was going to say, I can tell you stories about Steve, and I can tell you there's one. And I, I, when we had Trevor on the phone, the one thing I told him, I said, I would love to get you and your dad in studio. Because, um, you know, I was 10 years old when his dad was racing out there. That's when I first started going to races around here. But his dad took one of the worst spills I've ever seen in a sprint car down the front stretch at Midwest Speedway. And just, I'd love to pick his brain and... I'm sure he remembers remembers some of it, or he's heard enough stories, if he doesn't remember any, anything from it, that he remembers what everybody told him. But, uh, yeah, Steve is one of those guys, and the Grossenbacher family is just one of those families that, you know, they are sprint car racing in Lincoln, Nebraska, just like the Droud family is sprint car racing in Nebraska, the Jensen family, the Riggins family. Uh, you know, they're, they're the ones the, the fathers and the sons have carried on or the grandsons have carried on. Um, good friend of mine, one of my best friends, Ty Jensen, hoping to get him back in a car next year. Uh, really? Yeah, you never know. No guarantees, but we're 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 sniffing around. Well, I hope I'd no, love no, to see Tig back. In no, the car. no pressure, Tig. No pressure, Brian. <laughs> we know you're all listening to us now. We've talked about families forever, right? And the, it does feel like these are generational, uh, generational trends, I guess, in dirt track racing in particular. But your parents were just fans; they didn't, mm-hmm. they didn't race. So, no. what's as a kid, your parents are taking you to the track. What do you remember about that? Why do you like that as a kid, and then as an adult, you're still going? Well, when I first started going, I don't remember a whole lot, but I do remember. The Speedway was part of the Capitol Beach Amusement Park. Okay. And they had the 
coolest rides for a little kid. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Now, I said we used to go to the state fair every year, watch the IMCA races. Yep. And I love that. Day race, rooster tails to the moon, dust, oh my lord. <laughs> but I was enthralled the beautiful cars, mm. hand-painted, hand-lettered, gold leaf. I mean, I was hooked. Yeah, car people are car people. I wandered around the pits last night. I like to look in, see what's going on. I look at paint schemes. I like to see who the sponsors are. But the other thing about families and racetracks is they have themes. Eagle, in particular, has lots of themes, just like any amusement park would. Uh, We should talk about last night because I saw some serious mullets. It was 80s. 80s rock and roll classic. Yes. And we managed to have a mullet contest. Yes. At intermission. <laughs> I wished I'd gotten a picture. <clears throat> Sorry, I lost my voice there. I wished I'd gotten a picture of that. I saw some serious ones in the crowd. Okay, so out of curiosity, can would would photos from the 90s work, or did you actually have to have a mullet last night? No, you had to have a mullet. Dang it. Because I saw a young boy, probably seven. That's probably the one I saw. Had <laughs> A killer. He was rocking it. Yeah, that's probably the same one I saw. It was nice. It was nice. His hair was all the way down his back. I saw some, you know, wigs or whatever, too. But his hair was all the way down his back. Blonde kid. Good looking kid. Cute. Probably about seven years old. It's kind of a mohawk on the side and shaved on both sides. But he was he was uh, riding it really well. He looked fantastic. Uh, you guys don't know this, and I may bring a picture in. But oh, my. When, when I was Iron Mike at the Blaze... I was convinced that my mullet made me look like a rock star, and it was it was not good. Oh, I think we need to post that on uh, 937 oh, The Ticket Twitter, definitely. Wow. <laughs> I'll try to find a picture. It's it's embarrassing, but I, you know what? I owned it for like four years, so who cares? Well, that's I, well. there was a time when it was cool, and I, some of our advertisers used to wear mullets. I can think of a few. So I... Here, but I'm sitting here thinking right now, I'm like, at the time, I thought it was cool. Yes. I was wrong. It was wrong. not cool. Oh, okay. I was wrong. <laughs> but what are some of the themes? You know, we talk about this family, bring your family. It's one of the things I like about Eagle is it's very affordable to bring your family out there. What are some of the more interesting themes that people like out there that, the, that they do um, at the track? Bus races are a big Bus one. races. Okay. School buses. Okay. Cool. They get some of the drivers mm-hmm. in, put them in school buses, and ra- let them race around the track. There's a lot of beating, <laughs> banging, piece- pieces and parts flying everywhere. In fact, a couple weeks from now, there's going to be a bus demolition derby. I talked to Racine today. She said she managed to buy seven small school buses. Awesome. And they're going to have a demolition derby with them after the races. Well, that sounds like fun. One of the things that you guys did a few years ago, um, and I'm looking at the clock, and Rebecca and I and Austin, we're always kind of cautious about the clock, and I think I want to jump to break first. But um, I'm going to kind of preview it a little bit. You put, I believe, two cars from every class on the track at the same time a couple of years ago. I want to hear that story, how you guys came up with the idea when we come back. Uh, This is the finish line on 93.7 The Ticket. That's Rebecca Pearson, Greg Sook up there, Austin Norman driving the car. My name is Mike Melby. Back with more after this. Back to the finish line with Mike Melby on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back to the finish line here on 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. I am your host, Mike Melby. Rebecca Pearson to my right. Greg Sokup from Eagle Raceway. He's the PR director out there. Is to my left, Austin Norman, driving the car tonight. And uh, interesting news. Uh, Rain, bad rain this morning at Knoxville. 
And tonight is the Capitani Classic uh, in memory of Ralph Capitani. And um, I didn't know if they'd get it in. They're going to race. However, uh, Wakapedia, for those Dirt Track fans, you know who Wakapedia is. For those that don't know who it is, it'll take me 45 minutes to explain. Anyway, he's a guy that does an amazing job covering dirt track racing, uh, specifically sprint cars. Some of the notable names from tonight's Capitani Classic that will not partake. Kyle Larson, Rico Abreu, Brad Sweet, Donnie Schatz, Sheldon Hottenshield, Spencer Baston, David Grabble, Logan Schuhart, Jacob Allen, Casey Kane, Corey Day, Anthony Macri, Hunter Schoenberg. Who is running then? That's a good question. <laughs> I mean, that's a little surprising, and I don't know if it's because of the track. It's got to be, because if it rained that much, they're afraid of a cowboy up track, lots of ruts, holes. Mm-hmm. And after what... A lot. Of, well, the outlaw guys put up with it uh, at Peebley last night. They're probably a little sore too. <laughs> Holy smokes! Wow, a little uh, gun shy. Wonder why they're running then. Oh well. But, hey, uh, bottom line, you got to get the show gotta in, get- and that's. I mean, bottom line, get the show in. One, of, we had uh, our sponsor's name, Midsummer Midget Classic, uh, with the USAC Sprint Cars. If it was Mobile One, I would have said Mobile One because Mobile One sponsors this show. Stern sponsors this show, but it's not either one of them, and it's not Eagle Chassis, and it's not Eagle Raceway. But the sponsor, Midsummer Midget Championship, with USAC at Eagle Raceway, was on a Tuesday. Every year, uh, I think it was like the third or fourth Tuesday or what, I don't remember. Anyways, oh, it's the last Tuesday in July every year is what it was. We had gotten five inches of rain between the end of races on Saturday night and Tuesday morning. And the track was horrible. We had just gotten a brand new Dually tractor about a week and a half before and the midget guys, a couple of them pulled in about 10 o'clock in the morning, and they're like, yeah, we're not racing, right? And we're like, yeah, we're not going to call it yet. And fans are calling up, and I always did the, the voicemail because fans would call. The, uh, I can't remember the number right now. It's changed anyway. but And they'd hear me say, hey, we're racing tonight, blah, 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 or sorry, we're rained out. Never changed the message. And Craig Cormack and Linda Cormack, who owned the track, came up to me and, and Steve, and they said, do you think we can race? And Steve and I kind of, go off to the side a little bit and steve basically tells me go get in the new dually tractor put the sheep's foot on it and if you could start doing laps and getting through turn one is it because that's where you know the little bit of a soft spot and that it just he goes he goes if you sink we'll get you out later but do not lift just go (laughs) and i'm not kidding that and and so i got the the tractor out and I was already doing probably a good 8 to 10 miles an hour. And if you're pulling a sheep's foot, that's a little fast. Wow, yeah. And I just floored it, came down onto the track, went through three and four, got through there fine. And I got into that hole in one uh, where it's just kind of just soup. Where the well was. Yeah, exactly. And there's mud flying. It's going over the, the cab. It's, in the, it's everywhere. And I probably got to the point where I was going two miles an hour. And I never took any, any power off the thing, made it through. And we just kept going, and the USAC guys are like, we've never seen anybody try to, to race this hard. But if you can get the show in, you got to get the show in. Oh, that's Eagle Raceway tradition. Exactly. If there is a way, they're going to do it. Well, you have to for the fans, right? You have to get the show in. So, no, all right. Several been... years, oh, I'll say, sorry. several years ago at the Race Saver Nationals, mm-hmm. we oh, had this. a deluge. The water was a foot and a half deep in the pits. Wow. By golly, we race the next day. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, was that it, 2018? 
Yeah, I think I was. Yeah, because we were out with Ty. Ty was driving for Ivan Tracy that year. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember that. Well, and it makes such a difference. Actually, Mike Boston and I were, last night we were just talking about the truck, you know, since he wasn't able to run uh, in the feature there. But, uh, you know, the, the water truck or the water truck and the tractor and the sheep's foot, all that makes such a huge difference to the drivers. Uh, how do the fans react? Do they yell and scream if, you know, if the track prep isn't right or do they get engaged in that or <laughs> nobody talks about it or how does that work? The fans, I'm not so sure. They the like drivers <laughs> have their own language. Yes. <laughs> You'll hear, the track had a lot of character tonight. <laughs> okay. What does that mean, then, for us uninitiated? Uh, Peavely last night mm-hmm. at the Federated Auto Parts mm-hmm. at I-55, that track had a lot, a lot of, character. of character. Okay. All right. So <laughs> got a little too much mud going on, then. Yeah. And, well, it's like <laughs> Mike super said, heavy. That, yeah. that uh, little dip in turn one, right. been there since the track opened in 63. Mm-hmm. And you know it, right? If you, you run know there, it, there. You know it. Mm-hmm. I've been told by some of the outlaw guys if you hit it right, it'll, you can launch really well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you hit it wrong, you're going to go you for break, a ride. Yeah, yeah, or you break an axle, right? Before we <laughs> jump to break, we uh, I, I threw out the race where you, you guys had two of every car, uh, every classic car on the track one night, and mm-hmm. and I believe Roger put up a thousand dollars. If I'm wrong, I apologize, but I think it was a thousand dollars to win, and it was like a ten lap race, and there were some criteria. The the obviously the tuners. Uh, that no longer race at Eagle, but at the time they were racing, you know, they only had to go a certain number of laps, or I, I don't remember all the specifics of it, but Roger made it as fair and as level of a playing field as he could. Yep. And at the end of the day, I thought how cool it was as I was sitting out there that night watching it, because I'm like, some of these guys that drive the tuners, like, this this could be an entire year's budget if they win this thing. Oh, sure. I mean, tuners back then, it was 50 bucks to win. The yeah. A feature. Yeah, and, they're, and, and now they're out there with an opportunity to win $1,000, and by the way, a guy that was driving a tuner won. Yep, I, I he I th- if I remember right, he like almost broke down when they were trying to interview him. Like he was he was he was ch- he was choked up, and, and it, but it, it was such a cool like thing to do to give back to the racers. I just thought, I thought it was something that was spectacular. Whose idea was that? Was that yours? Take credit for it. You oh, had the opportunity. <laughs> this is your chance. If it's a wild and crazy idea. It came straight from the brain of Roger Hayden. Okay. All right. Because he can come up with some real goodies. Oh, we'll have to hit him up next week then with some of his best ones that never made it, perhaps. Yeah, yeah so just a little uh, precursor here to our next couple of shows. I think we've already got him pretty much cast in stone. Uh, Roger Hayden, the owner of Eagle Raceway and or Racine, his daughter, um, are going to be in studio with us next week, the week after that, uh, on the phone for the whole hour. Yes, for the whole hour. We locked in for the whole hour. Uh, the leader of the Extreme Outlaw Midget Series, Jade Avedesian. She drives for Mobile One, uh, who, which is now a proud sponsor of the finish line here on 93.7 The Ticket. Big thanks to them, plus Stern, Eagle Raceway, and Eagle Chassis for being a part of what we're doing here, trying to let the racing family have a voice. Uh, and the week after that, with 27th, uh, not sure who we have booked there, but the week after that, we are talking about perhaps being out at Eagle for a live broadcast. We're going to... See if we can make that happen. Uh, maybe get a few Huskers and a two-seater going around the track. What do you think about that? That's a great idea. <laughs> when I was young, every you had we had coverage for local racing. Yeah, mm-hmm. Kurt McKeever. Yeah, Kurt McKeever. Yep. For years, every Sunday, you could see who won Midwest or Eagle or whoever. And it just kind of disappeared. There just is no coverage of racing around here except for what you guys do. So we need our fans to uh, write into us, text into us, whether it's tonight, tomorrow morning, during early break, anytime. Let us know what you want to hear about on dirt track racing. What do you, who do you want to hear on the radio? Uh, talk to us. 
Well, and that's the thing. You know, we, we're trying to you know grab some people. We want some national people, uh, and, and but more importantly, I want I want the locals. And the one thing I'm going to ask you, and we'll try to get a hold of because I've got an idea for a guest on the 27th. Okay. Um, there is somebody that is there the morning after every race day at Eagle Raceway. And it's that person's responsibility to make sure that the other people that show up do their best to make sure that that track stays clean or gets picked up. If you've got back-to-back nights, that cleanup crew. I ran that cleanup crew for seven years. And I had a core group of 11 that I, to this day, would hire any one of them to work for me uh, regardless because of their work ethic, because of what they did. The, and it, it's insane what goes into prepping that facility, not just the track so that the drivers can hopefully have a good surface, but the facility for people to come in and go, damn, this place is nice. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And, and so I, I, I would, I'm, my thought was, because I always would push Kurt at the Journal Star to, hey, let's do a feature on, on my crew. I didn't, I didn't want to be a part of the article. I wanted him to focus on that cleaning crew. And he always was, you know, back of his mind, and he had some notes and all that, but it just never came to fruition. So I think it'd be kind of cool to have one or two or whatever of the key cogs in that wheel mm-hmm. that work the morning after a race day for a big event or on a mm-hmm. weekly basis that are just out there busting their butt. Nobody knows who they are. Nobody knows the, the effort they put in. I think they need a pat on the back. I think they need a little bit of a spotlight. So let's we'll see if we can I think everybody at the track needs a pat on the back. The, the concession workers, everybody. Absolutely, because it was hot last night when I went in to get my, oh my gosh, my little mini corn dogs, by the way. Loving the little mini corn dogs. <laughs> That's my now my Eagle Raceway favorite, but it was hot as all get out inside the booth where you're doing the food. And I'm thinking, I, I you know, I, she, she uh, had a little tip thing in there. I was like, oh, you totally to- deserve a tip tonight, <laughs> you know, even though it was like a walkthrough thing. But she was great, you know, just nice, cheerful, and it's hot as all get out in those kitchens. So yeah. it is. Um, getting here up against time, I want to make sure we let everybody know that Get Your Happy On with the Ricky Simmons is coming up next. Christy Goodwin, the executive director of City Impact, is going to be on with him for the next hour. I think Austin's going to stay in and keep driving the car. But uh, it's going to be a fantastic show. It always is here. For those that are watching on the stream, Sarter Heyman stream, uh, thank you very, very much. Don't forget, you can always be a part of the show, 402-464-5685 on the Sarter Heyman text line or Honda of Lincoln hotline. And I, I also want to make sure that we thank one more time uh, Eagle Motorsports, Mike Boston, uh, for everything that he does to help support racing in and around the Midwest. And uh, basically, if you've got a sprint car, he's a guy that uh, I think you're going to want to make sure you become very, very good friends with. His number is 402-826-0302. And uh, Eagle Raceway, on board as the sponsor of the finish line, Mobile One and Stern. So big thanks to our sponsors here on 93.7 The Ticket. Rebecca, how was it for you last night out at Eagle? I loved it. You know, it was fun going down in the pits and talking to folks. I met, I got to see Doug. I got to see Bob. Some uh, Bree wasn't there last night. She was out running somewhere else. And then just sitting in the stands and enjoying it. The breeze was fantastic. As, as Once the sun went down, it was great. Fireworks. And, of course, you had, you know, Mullet National going on there. So how can, how can you beat that? I mean, really, folks, come oh, out and support Eagle Race. Don't forget about the kids, car, kids bike races. Well, the bike races were too. also great. I thought, what, what great place you know you get your bike uh, out on the dirt track it's just like fun there's so much fun that they do at the track so if you're looking for something to do make sure you hit up eagle raceway great fun for families
Absolutely. Big thanks to uh, Greg Sukup, uh, PR director for Eagle Raceway, for coming in. If you uh, missed anything from what happened last night, reminder, man, what a race. Go watch the uh, highlights watch of the, the 360 highlights. Nationals. Brian Brown by two hundredths of a second over Aaron Reitzel for the 360 National title, his second. And then Kyle Larson and Logan Schuhart put on a show at uh, Federated Auto Parts Speedway at I-55 in Peavely for the Ironman. Capitani Classic going on tonight at Knoxville, and there's a lot of big names not racing. Larson, Abreu, Sweet, Shots, Hod, uh, based in gravel. Schuhart, Allen, Kane, Day, Schoenberg, Macri, all not racing, but uh, a bunch are. Right now, the quickest chicken is on top of the speed charts. Justin Sanders in the Bush's Chicken number 9 car uh, leads away. He's also leading the 360 points at Knoxville this year. But that'll wrap it up for tonight's show. Ricky Simmons and Get Your Happy On coming your way next right here on 93.7 The Ticket.